Believe in yourself. Hello and welcome to season two, episode 12 of our podcast series, the podcast that inspires and educates through the sharing of real life experiences. I am Sheila, your host, and with me today is guest Nicole Jensen, joining in remotely. Nicole has been empowering women entrepreneurs for over 30 years. She's the founder of Discover the Edge and host of Leader of Transformation podcast reaching listeners in over 140 countries. Nicole will be sharing with us today her personal stories in the area of health, relationship, and betrayal. Hello, Nicole, and welcome to Podcast with Sheila. Thank you for having me, Sheila. I'm excited to be here today. It's a pleasure to have you. So what will your favorite quote be? My favorite quote is from Mother Teresa, and it's actually on my Discover the Edge website right now. And it is, uh, I can do things you can't do, and you can do things I can't do. Together, we can do great things. Great, great, great. Now let's begin with your health journey. So what is the story behind that? So, you know, adversity comes in different forms. And my health journey actually started off, um, you know, overall, I've been, I've seen myself as a very healthy person. I was always very athletic and uh, health conscious and so forth. But, um, and we'll talk a little bit about this later when we get to betrayal and so forth, but there was some things that happened in business. I actually started off uh, getting into business very young and my parents were entrepreneurs. I became an entrepreneur very young and there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of stress that came from, uh, and, I, and I learned it later on that it was actually emotional emotional impact that was causing my health. But basically what happened was um, I started having these unusual things happen with my skin. And so I went to a, I went to, and my mother used to always know when I was in high school, she would always know when I had a test, she said, Oh, I can see it. It's on your, all on your face, <laughs> your face is broken <laughs> out. And so, but after a while it got worse and worse when I was in my twenties and I went to an environmental doctor who said, you're allergic to all these things. And, you know, and I thought like, I mean, wheat, yeast, dairy, sugar, fruits and so forth, all of that. Right. So pollen dust, you know, all of those environmental things. It was like, I went from not having any allergies growing up to having all of these things. So my system was literally being overwhelmed and couldn't process it. And so so I went to that doctor, he told me this, um, you know, he had recommended that I would have shots. I would have shots every week. I'd come back every week and get these, these 10 shots. And I said, well, did I mention that I don't like shots? So <laughs> I'm not really interested in doing that. So I went, I went to someone else and I didn't, it didn't make sense to me, right? What are the shots going to do? They're going to, they're going to yeah. maybe combat some of the symptoms, but not the cause. So then yeah. what I ended up doing is going further into homeopathics. And I really didn't know any about anything about this This is like 20, 20 plus years, 23 years ago now. And so I started going to homeopathic doctors and I asked them and they, and, and didn't tell them what the other doctor had said. I just want to know what, you know, get a second opinion. And they came, the answers came back the same. And so I was like, huh, okay. So I need to do something with this. So I eliminated all those things on my diet for five years And I did all, you know, went through this process of spending thousands and thousands of dollars on different health practitioners and so forth, because my natural, you know, the, the 
Western medicine, my regular doctor, um, she didn't offer me any solutions, really. Her solutions were, you know, drugs and all of that kind of thing. And, and in fact, actually at one point I went, so, so my system, so this was revealing a deeper issue. So what we discovered is that my system was literally shutting down. It was like organ by organ. And so I went to one gentleman who uh, discovered that he said, well, he says two thirds of your digestion, your digestive system is not functioning. And so I started doing all these physical things to be able to offset. So again, I eliminated all those things. I started eating healthy, um, you know, taking all these herbs and, you know, vitamins and supplements and all of these things. And I was getting better, but I still wasn't getting to the point of being fully healthy and recovered. And so I had all the, it it was a constant thing that kept, kept going on and on had mono multiple times of all these different things. And I realized it was this immune system disorder. So the doctor said to me, when I went back to her a couple of years later, she had said, Oh, you have current contact dermatitis, change your skincare. That's, you know, that's all I can suggest to you. When I came back and I told her, this is all these findings I found. And she said, well, you know what? Um, uh, I, I said to her, I would like to go to an allergist to kind of see how I'm improving, you know? And, and she said, uh, no, we don't do that. And she says, I don't, I don't send you to a specialist until we've done everything we possibly can here. And I said, well, you told me to, to go change my makeup, my skincare, which I did, you know, and, and so, but what I'm seeing and, and really the, the, the symptoms that I was seeing, um, were suggesting that if I didn't make a change, I would have ended up with several, possibly there were several different forms of cancer, different things. So diabetes, mm-hmm. uh, colon cancer, thyroid cancer, lymphoma, all of like, all based of on the symptoms, yeah. these things were all very uh, solid potential. Yes. And so when I said that to her, she said to me, well, a lot of people are getting it. And I said, well, I'm here now and I would prefer not to get there. Yeah. I said, so what you're telling me, so what you're telling me is, is that you wouldn't help, you're not going to help me now without, you know, simply taking me through the drugs and the medication that you want to subscribe. Um, and, um, or, you know, or I can just leave it. And then when I come back, you know, years later and I have cancer, then you're going to be able to help me then. And so she said, oh yes, yes, we have chemo, we have radiation, we have all these solutions for you at that point. And I said, well, I'm here now. Yeah. So, so that just continue. I, so I, what I did is I left that her office. I never saw her again. And so I started going back to the, and no discredit. There are some wonderful doctors out there. That was my experience. I went to another doctor who was, she was Swedish. So I thought, you know, she really was more advanced because generally speaking, the Europeans are very advanced with those things. And so then I went to another doctor who was German and, uh, and then she offered, she suggested Botox. I'm like, what is going on with all of this? So yeah. the, the long and store, the long and short of it is, is that what I ended up doing is I had to, and I encourage my clients now to, who are going through different things because, you know, it's part of life, right? So I coach yeah. entrepreneurs, but it's, we're dealing with the whole life situation is that I had to take control of my own health. I couldn't delegate it to someone else. I couldn't abdicate it either to anyone else. 
it was something that I had to take on. And the blessing out of that was, was learning and understanding my body, learning what the symptoms, what my body was saying. And so what I was saying earlier about, you know, I did all the physical things, there became a point where I realized this was no longer a physical issue. I had done everything physically and I had gotten to a plateau. And that's when I realized it was more of an emotional. I had to dig deeper. I had to go into the emotional, the mental and the emotional and ultimately the spiritual level to be able to create the change, to create the healing that I was looking for. And that's what it took for me to get to that point. I mean, that was back when I was 26 and I was pretty sure with all the things that were going on, and it's a whole long story, but you know, all those things going on and this, the manifestations of it in my body and what I experienced, I thought I'm not going to see my 35th birthday. Um, you know, and that was very likely. And the doctor did not argue with me that that was, you know, she said, yeah, it's happening. A lot of people. And, and so I'm 40, I'm 48. I will be 49 next week and I'm healthy and sure. I'm going through that life stage that us all as women, we go through, but ultimately I'm healthier than I've ever been before. And, um, and I, I attribute that to the, the work that I needed to do. And so it turned out that it was actually a blessing because had I not paid attention. So I used to ask myself the question, why my skin? Like here I'm the athlete and I'm out in the sunshine and I'm getting fresh air and I'm not into makeup and all that stuff and putting things on my face. And why, why that? And I realized later that what a blessing it was because if it hadn't been on my skin, and, and so visible to me, I may not have paid attention and maybe it would have gone a lot further to the point where now I've got some serious issues to deal with. So that I, that may be irreversible and, you know, that kind of thing. And so it turned into a blessing once I dug deep, but it was a good, it was a, it was a long period of time to get to the point of being healthy and knowing that I was beyond, um, the critical zone, if you will. So what exactly did you do to get a healing? So I went to one naturopath, uh, homeopathic. I I actually went to a series of different people. What would happen is I'd go to the first person. They got me to a certain point, couldn't take me any further. Then I ended up at their mentor. (laughs) Then their mentor (laughs) sent me to their mentor. Or, yeah. oh, I don't know what to do, but you should talk to so-and-so. Yeah. And I actually ended up, and I, I'll, I'll give a shout out to, there's a lady in Canada. I'm originally from Canada. So okay. I live in the U.S. now, but she's in, in Canada and her name is um, uh, Andrea Besado, and she has a house of healing. And so I ended up at Andrea's place and she's German uh, living in Canada. And she has uh, the, she's very skilled in many disciplines. And so I would go to her place. Actually, what's interesting is the first time I arrived, it's very non-traditional and going to her place. I had only met her through someone else who was one of her students who had worked with me for a little bit doing lymphomic, um, what do they call it? lymphatic drainage and those types of things. And then she said, this is beyond what I'm capable of handling. So I'm going to send you to uh, Andrea. So when I first arrived, so I'd only talked to her for 30 seconds on the phone, phone just to book the appointment. When I got there, 
she, I op- she opened the door and she gave me this big hug. So wow. this is a stranger. Okay. Yeah. She doesn't know this person. She gives me this big, long hug and says, Oh, I'm so glad you're here. I love you. I'm just welcome. And I'm thinking, wow. who is this woman? Yeah. That was many, many years ago now, 20 years ago. And I just couldn't imagine that someone would be so open and welcoming yeah. to someone that she didn't know. No. And that was one of the most powerful things that she did. So she did a lot of body work on me. I would go uh, and I went to her every three weeks for 18 months. Okay. But one of the things I told her later on, I said to her, I said, you know, one of the most powerful things that you did was when she would do the work is that she would pour in love. She would pour in that healing and that intention. I could tell she was doing it, you know, and so, so powerful because that's actually what is needed to create healing rather than it just being an intellectual thing. Yeah. You can deal with all those things, but it's so much more than that. So I went from her and then I went on to another gentleman who did some electroderma testing. So he would test and run uh, uh, the circuitry through your body, which indicates what's working, what's not, um, you know, where, where things are. And he was another one that was a gift because he did not actually tell me when I first got there, how bad it was. He was like, Oh, just like, uh, Andrea, she's like, Oh, no problem. No problem. We'll take care of this. Right. No problem. And, but there was, but it was only months later that when I was going to him because he could have this, you know, he had all these, these, um, details that would show up on his screen. Like, so it was, he was testing it and it would show up on the results on the screen. And he started showing me the improvement. And I'm so glad that he didn't tell me in the beginning when I was first there, how bad it actually was. Cause it was off, it was literally off the scale. And so having these people to, that knew what they were doing, um, but that also had the wisdom to go along with it, to, to say, no problem. Like they're not to, not to, not to cause more anxiety and stress in me, not to lie to me, but also not to cause more stress and anxiety but to create hope and, and belief and saying, knowing in their ability to be able to help me through it. And they did. And those two people were probably the two most instrumental. And then when I came down here, um, I had some issues. I had mono again through some relationship. We'll talk about relationship and betrayals that happened when I was down here that I was looking for somebody. And I went to another gentleman down here who has been, been amazing, uh, helped me get through strep throat and mono and hives and all sorts of crazy things. I had hives over 80% of my body um, uh, for weeks on end. And he was able to get that, you know, sorted out really quickly. So when you find the right person or the right people, it really can make a difference. But again, it did, it did come back to then looking at what, what was it in me that was causing this? And I do believe in my experiences is that there is a direct correlation between emotional and physical uh, issues. And so I had to look at the emotional, what was going on at that level that was causing my system to literally auto, uh, toxify. Yeah. Like I, I literally, my whole system was toxic. And so, you know, here I am thinking I'm a positive person. I've been in personal development for all these yeah. years, but there were certain things, unforgiveness. I had to let go of unforgiveness. I had to let go of the, the, the resentment, the bitterness, the fear, the doubt, the criticism, the judgment, all of those things and start to learn how to love myself and love others 
even those that have hurt me. And that was, and that was where it was really freeing to me and where I found peace there. I then found peace physically in my body. And it no, and it's noticeable in terms of even how that shows up when I go and they test me and so forth. It's like, you know, it, it literally is, it manifests physically and how I feel and my skin, even though my skin's been through the mill, yeah. you know, it's amazing. It's better now than it's, than it was when I was 20, you know, in terms of its health. And so I'm just so, so grateful. You look amazing. Thank you. Listening to your story doesn't even, it doesn't show on your skin at all. Nothing is showing on your skin, but that thing you said about the resentment and everything else, I'm thinking that our body is like a mechanism. So it's whatever we put in is what we get out. Yes. So sometimes when we harbor hate and then all of those things, it doesn't help. That's right. So when you let go, then you, 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 so it's actually when you're harboring those things, you're harming yourself rather than. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like when you, there's a saying unforgiveness, or some people would say bitterness. Um, It's this, this really two different things, but either way, it's like, if you, if you have that and you're harboring that, it's kind of like drinking poison. Yeah. and expecting the other person to die. Yeah. Right. You're yeah. putting this actually. So, so you, you look at it and you say, is the unforgiveness for them or is it for me? Well, the yeah. answer is actually both. I do believe it's both yeah. um, because we are all energy. And so when I'm holding bitterness and resentment or unforgiveness towards you, there is an impact on you ultimately or the things I might say to you, yeah. right? The words that I say, because our words yeah. have power, Power, right? Yeah. Life and death are in the power of power. our tongue. So it's when true. we say things, we can curse people yeah. with our words, yeah. okay? So those things are really, really, that's why I'm very, I'm a big advocate of being careful on, and I encourage I people to so. be careful with the words that you say, say, the thoughts that you think, but how it also comes out your mouth. So what are you saying to yourself internally? What are you saying about others? What are you saying to your, you know, about yourself, you know, yeah. verbally as well? And because it's, it's very powerful, but yeah. So, so when you release that, you, there, there is, you're not, you're not holding on to that. It's, it's literally because everything is energy. Your thoughts are energy and they're literally creating chemical reactions in your body. And, and that's why I think we are seeing heart disease. There's a book, uh, Louise Hay has a book out there called You Can Heal Your Life. And the, the um, premise of the book is that, of course, your, your emotions, like we're talking about emotions and your physical are, are interrelated, your mind, your body, and your spirit. And so she has a list in there of things that ailments, certain ailments, and the possible emotional high that is, that has caused, is causing that. And I have tested this for myself and I look through and I go, Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Like, I wish I had that book a long time ago, (laughs) you know, so I'm going through this and I'm like, wow, that is so accurate. Wow. Interesting lessons in there. Wow. Let's move on quickly to relationships. So what happened? What's the story behind relationship and betrayal for you? So from a relationship, so I've had the privilege, 
the experience of having uh, uh, experienced betrayal on several levels. So, so I alluded to it there, even when I was very young with um, a young boy in, in town, um, had a, when I was six, I had had an issue there that created, caused me to feel very vulnerable and distrust. Um, and so um, then that kind of developed into my twenties and so forth. So um, had a had a boyfriend that pulled around on me. Then later on had a had a husband, which is what brought me to the U.S. Had my husband that actually um, was uh, unfaithful and lied about it, and um, so there was all of that. And then there was also from a business standpoint, one of the greatest, and that's where all this health stuff really started to accelerate. Um, was that my like I told you my parents were entrepreneurs. And they had started a business, a home-based business in their, uh, when I was about seven. Okay. So it was in direct, direct sales. And, um, and so we were, I was actually very involved in that business, even from the age of seven, helping out, opening boxes and then developing yeah. from there. And so, um, uh, we built a very successful business. And by the time I was in my mid twenties, it was very, very profitable. I thought that's what I was going to do for the rest of my life. And that business ended up falling apart through a series of betrayals, a series of uh, poor decisions, lack of leadership. Um, but also from my parents' standpoint, you know, my parents, one of the things they were, they were loyal to a fault. Uh, they kind of believed that things will work out. It's going to be okay. And, um, and it didn't. And it didn't because there were certain people that had an agenda. There, were, there was greed and ego that kicked in and so started to go around my parents and undermine their leadership and, um, uh, and destroy relationships. And as a result of that, destroyed the, the business and made, caused my parents not to lose everything. Actually, my dad, that was the second time my dad lost uh, a business uh, or went bankrupt. The first time was when I was 12 and he had gone down to Brazil to invest, sold his business, had gone down a different business, had gone down to um, Brazil to invest in, in a business that he had done a lot of research that was going to be very lucrative and ended up, you know, everybody disappeared who was going to be investing with him. And he was left and he was, that was naive. He was very naive. And so he had, he had signed the contract, but then everybody else who was supposed to sign the, the agreement took off. And so the Brazilians, they don't, they don't care. They're like, you signed it, give us the money. So, so there was a whole situation that went there. So we had this like series of, it was almost became a theme, right. Of, of uh, corruption, disappointment yeah. in, in so forth. And it really, for me, got to a head became, you know, got to that tipping point or that point of just like, we need to stop and do something yeah. very different was with my husband. That was the most devastating. I mean, it was devastating to lose a business. I had to start all over again. I mean, I poured, I poured 20 years yeah. of my life, almost my entire life into a business, my parents as well. And we lost everything and had to start again, but that's, that's one thing. But when it happens in your home at a, at a very personal, intimate level, um, it can, it can really affect you, you know, on a, yeah. on a different level. And yeah. so had, had that, and I say I had the opportunity or I had the privilege of experiencing that because there was a blessing. Once again, uh, there is a blessing in that. Uh, yeah. Number one, um, you know, we can talk about like, even like, so did my health, was my health affected? Absolutely. 
And that's why I ended up having to find somebody down here to work it out. But I knew that was the direction I needed to go. And I could quickly combat it versus years prior where I didn't have any information and I was learning. It took me a lot longer to figure out what what process to take to be able to get that healing down here. I was able to do it a lot quicker. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many lessons that came out of it and so many blessings and I wouldn't be who I am today and I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today if it wasn't for all of those things. Wonderful. 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 I'm, I'm so inspired by your story and I'm thinking that while in the area of betrayal, as in relationship, um, personal relationship, and I think a lot of women are going through that as well. And sometimes, uh, it overwhelms them or they allow it to overwhelm them or they don't have a choice, especially when the woman is unemployed and is going through that situation and there's nothing she can do about it because she can't leave the relationship either because she doesn't know where to start from and probably that children with her and she's thinking of how she's going to support the children and all that. And the relationship isn't any better anyway and it's draining her emotionally and she's not the best of herself but she can't leave as well and sometimes I think about all these people that is why I'm drawn to empowering women yes and I've done this for I think the best my best working life is what I have done and I felt drawn towards that direction when I came out of the university and couldn't find a job even when I had a first class and I was thinking what could I do you know to to be effective to my generation. And I always think when I'm doing something, I'm thinking when I'm no more, what will people remember me for? Yeah, There should be something they can remember me for. And I'm drawn towards women and children more because anytime there is a situation, the woman and the child suffer more because the man gets to walk away with no attachments, unless he tells you I have a child or I was once married. It's not written on his face. And he can always hide it, but the woman cannot. Even our physical appearance will give us up because once you give birth, you've changed, you know, and the children are always with you. And I, I'm, I'm passionate about women. Yeah. And sometimes when I, when I talk about women, I tend to cry because I've met multiple women who go through different things, you know, and I feel the only way I can also make a difference is to to make a change in the area of women. So yeah. I start small. That is why I train women with a skill that I know because I only need to see a craft. I just have to look at it and I can do it. You see, so I train them, yeah, to be able to be handy all the time so that if a situation should come up from your relationship, if you have just the children, you can at least be able to feed them, keep them going for a while, until the bigger break comes in or help comes in. Yes. But I'm, I'm always, always, t- you know, sometimes when I talk about it, it's as if I'm being passionate towards just the women and leaving the men. And then if my husband was here, he would say, we men also go through things. You women do a lot of things to us. But we appreciate that. But it looks like the women always, always suffer the most when there is a crisis like this. And I'd like to say thank you very much um, for for sharing your story. And for some reason, I think 56% of our listeners are men. I don't know why it's like that, but 56% of them are men. 
26% are women, and then the rest are known. So we can't tell, but even if you are supposed to tell, I'm sure the majority of the men, the people listening will be men. So, so I'm going to use- my clients. Yeah, most of my clients actually traditionally have been men. Yeah. Interesting. And men do go, to your point, men do go through it differently. And I have experienced through with my, with my clients some, some difficult, difficult situations where the men- were the ones that were, if you will, the victims in the, oh. you know, they were, they were hurt. Men are more sensitive than, than we mm. give them credit for. And, <laughs> and yeah. And so that being said, to your point about women, I do believe that there are a lot of women that are gravely hurt through these situations and find themselves at risk because they maybe have been home and they, don't have a skill, they don't have a job. And so they find themselves stuck. And that's why podcasts like yours can encourage them. They need to have a source of encouragement. Even if they're all on their own, it's good to have friends that can support, but some people don't even have that. Yeah. Everybody's kind of like at the same point and everybody's complaining, but nobody's willing to do it. Yeah. You know, do anything about it or don't know how to do anything about it. And so to have someone that can take them and bring them like yourself, who can say, here, here's a solution and let me help you out of it. Then they can be an example for those that are around them, but it takes the one who will actually step up or the woman who will say for her children, it stops here. It stops here. I'm not going to allow whatever the abuse is or whatever to pass on to, you know, my children, I had a, I had a a friend many years ago, a a gentleman, his wife was the just crazy. (laughs) And her whole family was just, this was like a pattern. The, the women treated the men very, very poorly. I'll put that diplomatically treated the the men very poorly. And it took him and he did not want to come. He did not want to divorce her because he didn't want uh, his children, because he came from a broken home, didn't want his yeah. children to be subject to that same, you know, that same yeah. experience that he had. Yeah. But at some point, I think it was his daughter was about 11 or 12 and his son was a little bit older. And he looked one day at his daughter and he thought, I don't want my daughter to grow up like that and repeat the, continue the pattern. pattern. Yeah. And I don't want my son to grow up and to marry a woman that will do that to him to continue it on it stops here. Yeah, it stops here. And so he had to make the difficult decision of saying it's enough. And, um, and it cost him a lot. It cost him a lot. You know, she, she tried to take the kids and all of that. And, and, and anyway, so that's another story, but I've seen some, yeah, I've seen some, some men really have, um, find themselves in very, difficult situations or where their children are taken away and they're actually the one that's stable, you know, but because the, the courts give it, give the children to the parent, to the mother, because they think that that's the best choice when it's not. So there are difficult, there are difficult situations. Anytime family is, is, is uh, broken up, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt everybody. There's no, there's nobody that gets away without being hurt through that situation. Yeah. 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 The key is though, and 
you know, I talked a little bit about it earlier and um, is that it's really, really important that no matter for yourself, for the other person, but even if you don't do it for the other person, for yourself, to, to forgive, yeah. to forgive yourself for making the decisions that you feel you look back on and go, oh, why did I do this? Why did I marry this person? Or why did I make this decision to do this or not do this or whatever is to forgive yourself and also to forgive the other person, to let it go. Don't let them continue to, to take up space in your yeah. heart rent-free. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's actually costing you. It's not even that it's rent-free. It's actually costing, costing you. You are paying. Yeah. Think about it. You're paying to have them still Stay. lingering on with you. And they are going to impact the next relationship that you have if you go into another relationship. It will linger in your health. It will linger in your relationships. It'll linger in your business. It is insidious. You know, so one of the things I learned real quick uh, through the situation with my husband now ex-husband is that God should, God I said, God, what do I do with this? And long story short, he said to me, he said, love your husband. Oh, love my husband. How am I supposed to love my husband? My husband left. He's with another woman. How am I supposed to do that? Yeah. And, um, and he said, love your husband. Initially it was when he was, we were still living in the same uh, place, separate rooms. And then it was even then after that, when he was gone and he was with this woman, I was like, what do you, and he said, love your husband. And so I thought, I can't even talk to him. He won't even pick up the phone. You know, he won't respond to texts. He's just gone off the deep end and self-sabotaging and all this stuff. And, and, and I was like, I'm trying to tell him that I love him, that I believe him, that he'll get through this. And nope, none of it works. And God said, just love your husband. And I said, well, how am I supposed to? So I started to send him spiritually with prayers. I would send him love. Two and a half years, I did that. About 18 months in, before he actually, then we got divorced and actually, anyway, that's a whole other story. We, we actually ended up getting back together okay. um, because of the, the healing that happened through that, through that period of time. Um, and he realized that I actually did forgive him. Not only did I, had I forgiven him, forgiven him but I, I actually had gotten to the point where I realized there was nothing to forgive because of the gift that he had, that I had, that I had experienced through it, that the whole yeah. experience was the greatest growth period yeah. in my life. And what I learned of the self-love, self-acceptance, the forgiveness and the depth of love that I could have for somebody, even when they're hurting me was worth all of it. Don't want to go through it again, but thank God I don't need to, because I got the lesson. But so that actually blew him away to the point where he actually said, wow, I need to reevaluate this. But anyway, um, going back to this, love your husband. What I realized is after 18 months is that God, it wasn't about whether or not he was going to come back to me. Cause I was praying, you know, hoping that he was going to sending him love. So hopefully he's going to come back. Right. Mm. And what I realized after eight, 18 months, the reason why I got that instruction, love your husband, a, you can look at it from a spiritual standpoint for if there's any believers listening, but love your husband. There's actually, the Bible says, God is your husband yeah so yeah. there's there's that plan yeah. words right um but love your husband it actually what it caused me to do is to heal my heart yeah yeah it healed my heart so no matter what happened between us 
I was whole and complete through that process. Exactly. And it took me 18 months to get to that point of being whole and complete that I could love him no matter what he decided to do. And so wow. when he decided, Hey, I want to, I actually, you know what, I'd like to come back. I want to like to explore that. And I was like, whether you come back or not, I'm whole and complete. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and that's power. That's power. Exactly. Now from there you can build. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I know it's gone longer than you anticipated, I think, but wow, wow, wow. <laughs> this, amazing. This, helpful. this is amazing. This is amazing. Let's talk quickly about um, your podcast, Leaders of Transformation Post podcast. What inspired it? So that was a, that was what I call a divine download in 2015. I was in the midst of all of this going on. Okay. My husband actually had left in 2014 and it was in 2015. I had, my business had, I had some situations again, another business um, that I had a franchise had shut down the system itself had was defunct. So I lost my investment and I was starting over a lot of mess. So I'm in the midst of this and I'm saying, God, like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Everybody's saying, you have put out content. I'm like, I don't really feel like putting out content right now. <laughs> right now my heart hurts. And so I woke up one morning at 4.30 and he said, you're going to do a podcast. It's going to be called The Leaders of Transformation. You're going to interview difference makers and world changers. Go. And I said, when am I going to do this? And he said, now. And I said, like, now, now, or do I like strategy, create a strategy and a plan now? He said, now. So I took him literally and I, and it's not like he was, I heard a voice. It was a knowing, right? Inside. Yeah. And, and uh, I said, okay, I don't know anything about podcasting, but I called a friend. He talked to him for about 15, 20 minutes. And um, he gave me some information about what I needed to know about podcasting. And I was live three weeks later. That was obedience is what that was. And it was an answer to prayer because in the process of doing that, talking about association, right? Yeah. Is I, I reconnected to some amazing people in my community here. I'm in the midst of all this stuff going on. Can't really tell people about it. Cause you gotta be careful who you talk yeah. to about stuff like that and that they can't handle it or they're going to make decisions and they're going to, and their words are going to, yeah steal the coffin, if you will, yeah. you know, so you gotta be careful with that. But I started connecting and interviewing people from my network who were amazing difference makers. They started to introduce me to other people and then other people and then other, and now we're 375, almost 380 wow. episodes in. I've met some amazing people and I got around a bunch of people that were inspired and were on fire and creating transformation and reminded me of it kind of brought me back to my own fire my own inspiration and why i was doing what i was doing and so it was a blessing in that moment to be able to do that without and i could create content without me having to create my own you know solo shows and all yeah. that i could just interview i could interview and i was always you know as a coach and speaker and trainer i'm always you know, looking at how can we bring out the strengths in others, maximize people's yeah. potential. And so to, to, to showcase others and to celebrate their awesomeness and, and what they're doing was easy for me. I could do that. 
Yeah. And it brought, got me back into the space and back on my game again. So it was, it was great. Wow. Now let's talk about leaders and leadership. What does it take to be an effective leader? Well, th there's books, volumes of books written on leadership. So, um, you know, that's a long, there's a long answer and there's a short answer to that. I'll okay. give you the short answer. Uh, it really does come down to the qualities of a leader. And I think the number one thing that you need to have to be a great leader is integrity. Integrity is being whole and complete, nothing in the shadows, nothing in the dark, everything in the light. So you need to be in integrity. Uh, if you are corrupt, you will, or you're doing anything kind of like shady, you will multiply that through the people that you lead, your teams and so forth. So integrity is essential. The second thing is you got to have vision. You got to know where you're going. You got to know why you're going there. And you got to be able to enroll people in that vision yeah. to be able to, to people say to sell, right. To be able to sell them into your idea, but to enroll them in your vision. But you have to have the vision that's big enough and bold enough and big enough in the sense that there it's actually large enough to encompass other people, not just yourself in that vision so that you can lead and leaders and the way I define leadership is really is, is not just building followers. It's actually building other leaders. So it's in that context that I'm referring to this. And then the third thing is, I believe you need to have empathy and you have to have empathy for people because everybody's at, at different points in their, on their journey. And so they may not be as quick as you, they may not be as, as skilled as you, you know, or experienced as you, but they can still bring value. And so having empathy for people and, so, and people are going to go through things, you know, that's, there's not right. about excuses, but it's about having empathy for where people are at. And so that people can trust you to know that you actually care about them, that you really care about them, that you really care about their dreams, that you care about their family, that you care about their concerns and their fears and their success. Wow. It's been lovely having you on, on podcast with Sheila and Nicole and your life experience you shared with us. I think they are golden and um, I'm so inspired. I believe a lot of people who've been listening, if not all, will be very inspired by the story and the lessons you shared with us, very, very inspiring as well. So I'd like to say a very big thank you for coming. And before we wrap up quickly, I'll say, where can our listeners connect with you? Sure, you can go to leadersoftransformation.com and that's my podcast website. You can access me through there. And of course, we're all, all on social, all the social media platforms. So thank you. And thank you for having me, Sheila. It's, a it's pleasure. been such a pleasure. And I love what you're up to and your passion is just, it's beautiful. It shines right through. Thank you very much for honoring our invitation. If you've been listening in, this is season two, episode 12 of our podcast series, where we've been bringing your way seasoned guests with inspiring life stories to share with us. Do not miss out on all these lovely experiences. Subscribe and be notified when a new podcast is released. We have a video presentation of this show on our YouTube channel. If you'd like to see us in pictures, just search for Podcast with Sheila on YouTube and you'd find us. Until we meet again in a fortnight, have a lovely week.